0: It seems to you like it does to me that nobody talks about this team's defensive core. Yeah, yeah. Why is that exactly? Because it's not okay. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots, Steelers and Pirates, where you found this couple of terrific Game 1s in the Stanley Cup playoffs last night Panthers beating the Leafs 4 to 2 and then for those of you who stayed up for this it was it was really something if you didn't uh, I can tell you that Joe Pavelski scored 4 goals for the Stars and the Kraken still beat him in overtime 5-4 on a Yanni Gord turnaround uh, that was that was an event On multiple fronts, Pavelski's 39 years old, coming back from a really rough injury early in the playoffs. And just the guy's touch around the net is legendary. Probably one of the best forwards in hockey history at the art of the deflection. And I don't think that's an overstatement because he did it for a thousand years in San Jose. He's continued to do it in Dallas, and it doesn't matter how fast or slow or whatever he is, or big or anything else. He goes to the net, and he tips the puck, and he can do it from so many. Anyway, tremendous, tremendous performance. Almost an all-timer. The last guy to get five in a game, a playoff game, Mario, against Ron Hextall and the Flyers. Make you smile a little bit today. But the main thing that jumped out for me, And watching these games and really in watching a lot of these playoffs is you see these teams not only activating their defensemen to use a Mike Sullivanism, but they activate them to good effect. They activate them for a purpose. They don't activate them because they're Chad Ruweedle and they're told to get activated. They're activated, and they get shots through traffic. They get shots on net. They get shots in net. Brandon Montour is a name that probably not a lot of people around hockey had been mentioning much until these playoffs. But he's been a guy on that Florida blue line for a while, and he's been that guy specifically the one who gets the shots through and on and then in, as he did again last night in Toronto. And the Penguins, look, it's kind of a a low-hanging fruit to look at everything that happens in the ongoing playoffs from now till the time Bettman hands the cup to somebody and say, oh, if only the Penguins had this, or only if they had that. And I'm... I'm going to promise you right now that I'm not going to do that. But the mobile defense thing is something that I just don't see, hear, or read being discussed anywhere among this fan base. It's almost as if all of the focus, and I'm guilty as charged on this one, on the bottom six forwards, and then on the goaltending, just kind of either cast off to the side or buried outright, that this defense can't move the way you need a defense to move in the year 2023. No, really, go through the group. Go through who's in the fold. You could, you know, go ahead, say Chris Letang. Sure, of course he's mobile. He's one of the sturdier, more mobile defensemen in the world over the course of his career, and he remains that. Great. There's one. I loved Marcus Pedersen's game in both directions this past season, including, including his ability to join, sometimes even lead the rush. In fact, this is something he and I talked about a lot over this past season. He feels he's a better overall defenseman. Whenever he's doing that, and you can look at Marcus and say, wow, he looks kind of gangly, super long and everything else. Not exactly the kind of guy that's going to deke his way through traffic. But the facts are the facts and the stats are the stats. And he does contribute to the offense. Okay, what are we up to? Two. I'm going to throw Jeff Petrie at least into the conversation here. Because Petrie has that capability, I can't shake from my mind that dominant performance in Tampa in the second half of the regular season. I was there covering it. He just owned the lightning every time he was on the rink. It was impressive. It wasn't a fluke. He's done that at times over the course of his career. Is he still going to be able to do that at age 36 next year? Was he really holding up all that well over the course of this season? I don't know. But it's at least in there. Who else? Who else you got? Yeah, right? Ty Smith. You know, as long as we're talking about mobile defensemen contributing to the offense, you have John Marino getting traded to New Jersey for Smith. Marino? Found something of a revival, not as much as some people have stated, but something of a revival in Newark. Smith hardly ever poked his head above the AHL level, then he got hurt. Can Smith contribute to this component? Sure, of course he can. Uh, He's got all kinds of offensive tools. But is he going to be competent enough in his own end for that to matter? We don't know that. We didn't see him in Pittsburgh. Barely at all. Who else? You got anybody else? I look at this defensive core relative to what I'm watching right now in the playoffs when I actually have time to watch other teams in settings that don't involve covering the Penguins. And I don't think the Penguins are even in that stratosphere of what we're seeing overall. Look at Seattle. Look at the way Ronnie, uh, Ron Francis built that back end. Look at the emphasis that he put. On offense and on mobility. Look at having Justin Schultz back there, even at whatever age he is. How about the goal that Schultz, he scored last night? You know, that's a guy who was activated effectively, took that pass and fired it past Jake Ottinger's blocker. I mean, just a. It, it's a really, really good group that Seattle has without anybody even jumping out. That's why they're able to win right now without their top goal scorer, Jared McCann, speaking of former Penguins. But for the Penguins here in Pittsburgh, where's your Vince Dunn? Where is your Brandon Montour? Where, even if you want to go to you know more veteran guys, where's your Dougie Hamilton? Where are your back-end guys that are making a difference? Offensively other than Letang. That's not going to get it done. No pun intended. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Yankel, was one of several people that I heard from regarding yesterday's show that was focused mostly on the devils uh, becoming uh, what I think is the class of the Metro uh, now and maybe for the foreseeable future. Uh, Yankel's a Devils fan. I heard, uh, I got a bunch of these. How do Devils fans even find out about this show? But Yankel says, your segment on the Tuesday show, you called out the Bruins' goaltending as a fraud, even given their regular season stats, and that playoff caliber goaltending doesn't just come out of thin air, like case in point, Louis Domingue. So how... Do you explain what Akira Schmidt is doing in New Jersey? It seems that you trust him now to beat Carolina. First off, I made no no contributions, Yankle, to any sort of predictions. I just didn't regarding this round. I didn't say anything of the kind. I think the Devils are going to be the class of the division. I have no idea if the Devils are going to beat the Hurricanes in a best of seven right now. But to try to answer your question, uh, Schmidt, to me, is in a different category he's a younger goaltender he's 22 years old over from switzerland and he's been thrust into a situation and we have seen this so often through hockey history great examples actually of young goaltenders who are how do i put this gently too dumb to know what they're getting into okay (laughs) like uh, whether it's a patrick wah or even an older rookie like a Johan Hedberg in Pittsburgh where you just, you come in and you, you're so floored by everything that's happening around you that you can actually have an easier time becoming numb to it. That was something Moose used to tell me when we would look back at his first playoff in Pittsburgh. That was how he saw it. Everything around him was so overwhelming that nothing was. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what's happening for Schmidt. Uh, Schmidt gets thrust into a series uh, that's taking place in Metro New York at Madison Square Garden in front of all those, mm, clean word here, people in that arena. And he's just playing hockey. Whereas, a veteran or even a slightly more experienced goaltender might not. So that's going to be my best guess at what's happening with Schmid from afar. But also, let's be fair here. He played well and he played well against a team that's capable of scoring in big bunches, meaning the Rangers. Uh, It's not just that the Devils clamped down or kept the puck away from Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad and everybody else. Artemi Panarin did nothing in the series. Patrick Kane. I could go through the whole list, really. The Devils did perform well defensively. The Devils performed a lot better than well when it came to creating rushes, puck retrieval, all the stuff that everybody knows that they excel at. And this goaltender just came along and said, okay, I'll be that guy. You never know. You never know. And you know what's a great way to discover guys like that? Yeah, you know what I'm going to say here. <laughs> Give him a chance. Give him a chance. You know who Minnesota's starting goaltender is right now? Mm-hmm. And you know who never gave him a chance here? Mm-hmm. Philip Gustafson was just another camp body. In the eyes of Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff, he was just another kid, and obviously in the eyes of Jim Rutherford as well, since Jr. was the one who traded him away. If you have young goaltenders; you got to have a bunch of young goaltenders. That's something that's been it's been true for ages. Uh, it's also the reason why goaltenders very rarely go super high in a draft. Mark Andre Fleury was the first ever to go number one overall. Did you know that? That's how strongly, by the way, that Craig Patrick felt about him. In addition to trading up to get him, Patrick just said, there's just no way with all this athleticism, all this character, all this competitiveness, there's no way he's not going to come through. And Craig, as usual, was right. But goaltenders, for the most part, they'll drop. Really, really good ones will drop to the second round, third round, whatever, because Scouts feel like they can't get into goaltenders' heads. Even scouts who were goaltenders don't feel like they can get into their heads. And their heads tend to determine an awful lot of how their careers go. So that's what you do. The old policy of the Penguins used to be draft a goaltender, at least one goaltender in every class. Make sure you get one every year and just keep shoving them through the system. But when they do well enough, to be considered you gotta give him a shot you gotta give him a shot gustafson never got that here schmidt's getting one now in newark i appreciate the question i appreciate hearing from all you devils fans who will probably never listen to this show again let's do it again tomorrow